0: Igma and I finally made it to the orc camp. I didn't get eaten. We even got inside the gates. Very large gates. Large walls. Large orcs. Everything was much larger than I had expected. I didn't get to see him, but apparently the orc chief was even larger than most. They're such a savage and aggressive people. They take what they want and the strongest among them get to keep it. Despite the fact that we handed over all of our whiskey, they still refuse to let Igmat see the witch until he brings back the egg of something he referred to as a storm snake. So despite my good fortune thus far, I may have yet another chance at getting eaten. So, Igmit, do you have any idea where this basin is?
1: Well, there's a basin maybe five, ten miles out there. I reckon that's what he is referring to, but I suppose we could double check just in case.
0: I suppose that must be part of this ritual is finding out what the hell they're talking about, where the hell it is.
1: Uh yeah, I guess we better find out on our own. How do we even know if we've
0: located the correct snake?
1: I'm not familiar with it, but from the sound of it, I'll know it when I see it. Some kinda of crazy crazy snake, I, I don't know.
0: I hate to think what they would do to us if we brought back the wrong
2: egg.
1: We'll fetch another egg. <laughs> So you were
2: told by the chief that you needed to get an egg from the storm snake. You talked to one of the orcs outside of the chief's tent, and he said that if you go down to the basin and make enough noise, you should find the snake. Okay. And go ahead and make me an insight check right now, actually. That's a 16? You know, the more that you rethink the way that he phrased it, you're pretty positive that while you might find the snake, you highly doubt that the basin itself is its lair. Like, it's, it might have a lair nearby or something like that, but.
1: Alright, um, I'm gonna get on my horse. And, um, come along now, Tom.
0: <laughs> I'm not your horse.
1: <laughs> I named my he, he named his horse Tom.
0: <laughs> so, uh... Off we go then, I suppose.
1: Alright,
2: so, um... Igmit, you kind of... You, you lead, uh... Tom off towards, uh... Basically like a westerly direction. And you're heading a little bit south because you're kind of, uh... You're kind of skirting the mountains for a little bit and moving through, um... Through this kind of pine forest that was around the uh, the base of these mountains, and also was clear cut around the uh, around the orc camp, if you recall. Um, after you get a, after you get a little ways, I mean maybe 10 minutes of riding, you get beyond this clear cut, and you're kind of just moving through this pine forest. And it's not a bad day out. Um, you know, it's uh, like upper 70s at this point. The sun is shining and there's a pretty decent breeze off of, uh, you know, kind of rolling down the mountains. And some of these mountains are tall enough to be snow-capped. And so, I mean, like, it doesn't really surprise you to to have that nice, cool breeze. Um, you know that once you get down into the basin, though, things are probably going to heat up a little bit more. Um, and you guys travel for probably a good couple of hours at this point. It's not exactly... Quick moving because there wasn't a, there wasn't a trail necessarily to go through these woods and to follow. So you're kind of just creating your own. And while it's definitely not so overgrown that it's impossible or even really that difficult, it definitely slows you down a little bit. And what time was it when you guys rolled into the orc camp? About noon, right?
1: I think so. Yes.
2: Is there a reason that you answer me as Tom sometimes, Brian? It's really fucking weird. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Thanks, Brian. I needed that clarification. <laughs> Tom confused me. I thought you guys were going to RP for a second there.
3: Sorry about that.
2: Uh, no no worries, man. You never have to apologize for getting a little bit too into character. <laughs> um, oh. <so laughs> <laughs> Uh, This is exactly how um, Alivari and Falk's thing went down. (laughs) Like, the first the first, like, 30 minutes were just, like, bullshitting and making fun of you, mostly, Brian. Um,
0: I would like to apologize to all our listeners. It's been a long time. We've pretty much just given up on the show at
1: this
2: point. (laughs) (laughs) And I would say after I would say once it's starting to get late afternoon, early evening, maybe like 5 o'clock or so, is when the the pine forest sort of starts to give way to more brush, and then after maybe another 30 or 40 minutes or so, it definitely, you can feel, or you can see the elevation is starting to go down, and uh, you can see that the, the plants are becoming fewer and further between, and... You you definitely feel like you're getting close. Um, you think that probably within the next hour or so. So that kind of brings me to the next question. Do you want to be summoning this thing and trying to fight it at night or do you want to rest for the evening and then kind of try and take care of this in the morning?
1: I want to rest bef- uh, the night before... You know, it's getting pretty late.
2: I'm
0: no expert at wrestling with snakes, but do you think it would be better if we waited until morning when it's daylight again?
1: You're right. I I do think bedding down for the night is a good idea, and we'll be able to see what we're dealing with.
0: Mm, I don't know if I'm, like, (laughs) fighting best in the morning, but I agree. I don't want to fight a monster in the dark.
1: No, I I understand. Why don't we bed down in this high brush?
0: Um, as we start making camp, I say, um... You know, I've never seen anything quite like that orc camp before.
1: What do you mean? Like how? It was...
0: I don't know how to describe it. It was different. It was just the way that they think, the way that they live. I, I don't want to insult you in any way, but it was, well, a little bit barbaric
1: for my taste. Yeah, well, it's a matter of privilege. Uh, life is hard out here, and we don't have the comforts that y'all in the Imperium have. We don't have steady supply chains. We don't have lots of water or rain. Um, it's not
0: the living conditions that surprised me as much as the fact that they are aggressive. They take what they want, and they... Uh, it seems like a exhausting and constant power struggle.
1: Do you think you would
0: ever live in a place like that?
1: No, I... I struggle with the idea of, of living with humans and living with an orc I, you know, I work for humans but I do not live in Fillmore's Crossing I have my own home um, and what you say about how they're aggressive and how they live well if life was hard and you were always struggling you might start to be harsh as well You know, you you can't pussyfoot around. Um, you know, you you gotta be sensible. And sometimes that means hurting people's feelings. I suppose
0: if I had to wrestle with storm snakes as
1: a rite of passage, I would feel similar. I'm not saying that life is inherently easy in the Imperium, I know. There's plenty of crime and you know, poverty there, but I, I think I think it's just different problems for, for different places. And uh, folks adjust how they have to to survive.
0: Again, I,
1: I don't mean to come across as
0: insulting, but I have noticed that, I don't know, it does seem difficult for you to fit it in wherever you are, whether here or
1: there green skin didn't tell you that day one
0: (laughs) yes I suppose so I just didn't realize you know we get so caught up in our own lives and our own situations sometimes it's not easy to see things from another perspective unless you're living with it on a regular basis
1: well maybe coming out west will, will teach you something uh, besides breaking into innocent women's homes, <laughs> and Igmet kind of winks at that, um, and so as they're you know putting their camp together, um, you know, Igmet keeps his eye, uh, you know his his head on a swivel. Um, could I maybe make a I don't know? Would that be a nature check just to see if I see any? Any wildlife around um, or signs of of a nearby wildlife
2: yeah go ahead and make me a nature check that's fine
1: 17 plus nine. oh oh boy it's 26
2: so you you definitely know that uh, that there would be some there would definitely be some pronghorns that would live nearby you've seen different birds and stuff like that um, and then then your smaller sort of ground mammals that uh, you know your weasels and and uh, like squirrels and things like that um, it's definitely it's definitely a lot livelier here than it would be you know down in the desert proper um, right right. And, you know, like like a lot of the birds are starting to quiet down because it's getting later at night and stuff like that. But you guys definitely heard birds throughout the majority of your journey at this point, which isn't super common um, in most of the other parts that you've traveled through, Tom. Igmit, you've spent enough time out here that this seems pretty normal to you. And and you definitely don't see any signs of, of a storm snake if that's what you're looking for though
0: (laughs) Thomas just laying in bed at
2: night (laughs) he's just like like, (laughs) really (laughs) nervous
0: (laughs) I swear to Ernie if I wake up with something crawling on my face I'm done for the night (laughs) I wish we had another bottle of whiskey
1: yeah I wish so too You know, we got pretty drunk the other night. Do you figure that maybe the guitar playing feller was just our imagination?
0: Oh, hell, you saw him too?
1: Yeah, I saw... I know, I was just joking. (laughs) You got a weird sense of humor. (laughs) I
0: wish he was a hallucination.
1: All right, well, get some sleep. Good night. And, uh... Well, we haven't really been taking watches, have we?
0: <laughs> no, we just crashed for the night and hope for the best. <laughs>
1: uh, something comes into camp, we'll wake up. Igmit goes to sleep. Um, all right, so...
2: Tom and Igmit, why don't you guys both make me a perception check with disadvantage? And Igmit, you you put a minus four on top of that. Because you're deaf in one ear.
1: (laughs) God damn it, I rolled a four. (laughs) So that's two. Oh, shit. That's an eight. That's an an eight. (laughs) Tom,
2: you wake up to... you wake up and you can hear the sound of wolves howling and also the sound of igmat just sawing logs i mean this guy <laughs> this guy snores so fucking loud and you probably would have noticed it last night but because you know you guys were so drunk you were you were able to just pass out but i mean now all of the sounds and and things that are just echoing through your ears, you're having a hard time going back to sleep at this point and you think that every little sound is something moving and you kind of you know, just like jolt a little bit and look in one direction and it doesn't appear as though anything is over there and then you'll hear a howl come from the north of you and you'll look over in that direction and you won't see anything and it just like and like owls hooting and coyotes in the distance and (laughs) there's just a lot going on right now and and you're not really sure why you woke up but now you're pretty awake um what's our
0: immediate surroundings like what is the immediate perimeter of our camp like is there any like rock faces or anything i could lean up against
2: so I'm assuming that you guys probably uh, decided to camp like right at the edge of the tree line, so that you would have a little bit of cover from from just anybody that would be approaching. And you know what I mean? They'd have to get they'd have to get pretty close in order to see you if you stayed in the tree line. And so there's a decent there's a decent brush cover, and there's plenty of uh, decent sized pines around you. Nowhere near as tall as they were when you guys were at higher elevations, but I would say a solid like three-quarters of a foot in diameter, at least.
0: I'm just going to kind of scooch up against something so that nothing can sneak up behind me and try to get as much vantage of our camp as I can, and I'm going to have my gun in
2: hand. Why don't you go ahead and make me another perception check, then? Ten. You think that you hear some branches cracking every once in a while? Like, it's... Like, you'll hear a branch crack and some leaves rustle, and then silence for maybe 15 seconds or so, and then another one, and then silence for maybe 15 seconds or so, and it, uh, it sounds to you like it's coming from, like, an easterly direction,
0: Hmm.
2: which would be, which would be towards, like, the basin and stuff like that. Can I tell if it sounds like it's getting closer? You definitely think it sounds like it's getting closer. And do I have any idea, concept of what hour it might be right now? Why don't you give me a uh, survival check? Nine. You, you don't think that you went to bed that long ago? You look up at the moon and you're you're confident in it. You know what I mean? Like you spent all this time studying under some of the best scholars in the Imperium. Like you, <laughs> when you learn something, Tom, you know it. <laughs> You know what I mean? And this stuff, it just sticks in your head because you're a smart guy. You know what I mean? like Son of a
0: bitch. (laughs) Being that I don't think it's uh, that late into the night, I'm not ready to wake it up. I think it's too late, too early for that. So um, I'm just going to keep an eye out. And uh,
2: how's our fire doing? I would say that at this point, it's just uh, embers. And go ahead and make me an insight check. Twenty-four. So you're you're kind of just uh, staring around and taking stock of the situation. And when you look at the fire and you see how far it's burned down, you start to get the feeling that there's no way that you've only been asleep for a couple of hours like you previously thought.
0: Mm, I'm gonna go and nudge Igmit. At first, I nudge him lightly, and if he doesn't wake up, I'm gonna nudge him like sh- <laughs> shake him. <laughs>
1: Igmet, mm. Igmet, mm. Igmet. <laughs> what, what What's going on What What is it There's something out in the woods I heard branches break Are you sure you just ain't scared <laughs> You know me better than that I'm not afraid of anything <laughs> <laughs> Put some wood on the fire And um Igmit is going to uh Get up and grab a scatter gun. Um,
0: is there and do we have a stock of wood or anything?
2: Yeah, I would say that you guys gathered up some uh, branches and stuff and stacked them nearby the fire for uh, keeping it stoked over the evening. Being that I
0: don't really know how to deal with fires, I just kind of throw branches on.
1: <laughs> <just> no, <randomly. laughs> no, nope, nope. damn it! You're gonna smother it like that. <laughs> And I just push him out of the way and tend to it myself.
2: <laughs> yeah, you, um, you get it up just enough so that there's a decent perimeter of light, but not so much that it would be visible from, from long distances away. And Igmit, okay. you, you hear pretty much the telltale sounds of the desert, and why don't you go ahead and make me a survival check?
1: Right. Uh, that's a 12 so
2: as you're kind of just walking the perimeter of the camp and just taking stock of your area and stuff you're pretty positive that uh, you found some coyote tracks that definitely got kind of close but then they look like they sort of veered off and you could follow them Mm. if you'd like to but um, it seems to be just a lone coyote
1: does it look fresh
2: Oh, yeah, it looks very fresh.
1: Um, I'll, I'll follow it. I'll, I'll follow him for a minute.
2: Okay. Um, do you want to do so quietly, or are you just kind of Elmer fudd in it with your uh, scattergun sort of in your crook of your arm?
1: Um, I'll, I'll do so stealthily, and if you want me to make a stealth check, I will.
2: Yeah, absolutely, please do. Okay.
1: Is my, are you? That is a 19. Edmund, are you out there? did you find anything what are you out there did you
2: find anything <laughs> i think it's
1: just a coyote
2: so igmit you follow this trail for maybe 15 minutes or so and then you crouch behind some brush and you can see that there is there's this small depression among the brush where um where some rainfall has uh, gathered into basically a large puddle that hasn't fully evaporated yet. And you can see that there's a not a very large coyote, but it's just uh, leaned over, drinking from the puddle. And it, a- as you kind of yell out to Tom, it sort of looks up and looks around a couple of times and then starts darting off towards the mountains.
1: Okay. Um, can I look around the pond and see if there are any other tracks besides the coyotes? Yeah, go ahead and
2: make another survival. Okay.
1: Twelve. Total twelve.
2: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of tracks uh, going around it, but once you get sort of close to it, it becomes a lot harder to tell what is what. Like, you definitely see some pronghorn tracks in there, and you definitely see the scratching and skittering of some sort of... uh, Smaller ground mammals, um, but other than that, everything is sort of just so on top of each other that it's very hard to to tell the difference between them. If that makes sense.
1: All right. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk back to camp, but uh, do so stealthily. Tom, go ahead and make me a perception check.
2: Twelve. Yeah, you definitely do not see Igmet until he either A talks or B comes into the light. So it's up to you, Igmit, how you want to do this.
1: All right, I'm going to wait. I'm going to stay like maybe 30 feet from camp and I'm just going to start hollering, but it's going to be the orc cry Orook, 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 and see if Tom remembers from the battle. There's a gunshot. (laughs)
0: Can I tell what
2: direction it's from? It's
0: pretty easy, or
2: is it echoing? Um, you can... You can definitely tell what direction it's coming from, um... You kind of think that it's only a singular voice, but, uh... I'm going to, um light one of the branches on fire and then
0: cast Mage Hand and have it carry it out into the woods. I can only go, I think
2: it's 30 feet. So this branch starts to float above uh, above the brush and stuff like that as it moves out in away from you. And... Igmit, I would say that you're so well hidden that you definitely see this branch floating through the air, and you can see that the light is starting to illuminate sort of around you, but Tom, you don't see anything out there at all. It just, it's brighter now.
1: So I was going east from camp, right? Yep. So I want to try and approach Tom from the north.
2: All right, Tom, I'm going to give you another perception check. 14. You definitely hear stuff rustling in the bushes and you definitely hear a branch break every once in a while but it's it's echoing so much that it's kind of hard to place where it's coming from and so Igmit go ahead you can approach from the north now.
1: Alright I'm, I'm gonna as stealthily as I can um, start to crawl my way towards the camp and um Continue with the o-ruk, o-ruk.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna start casting light on random rocks and throwing them into the weed, into the forest.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: so Tom <laughs> <laughs> So Tom, you have created a crazy perimeter of just lights and Because, you know, some of them are landing among the foliage and stuff, like it's creating these shadows that are only kind of serving (laughs) to freak you out more. And so, like, you're looking around and the sound seems to be coming from all sorts of different directions at this point, because at one point it was coming from the east, and now it's coming from the north, and these shadows are now casting all around you, and even though you've lit everything up, you still can't see anything, and everything is just, it doesn't make any sense, and you don't get why this is going on, and Igman is not responding anymore.
0: (laughs) I'm gonna use thaumaturgy and start making the earth shake, and then I'm gonna use a booming voice and say, This is the voice of Ernie. Whoever's out
2: there. You better
1: leave. Take my- <laughs> <laughs> How far away from him am I now, you think?
2: I would say you're within 30 feet.
1: I'm gonna get just uh just right up to the cusp of of where I have cover and uh, just watch him for a second, see what he's doing. <laughs> what the fuck? You are, within, you are within 10 feet of
2: Tom, and you actually notice that there is one of those uh, rocks that he lit up not far away from you, and uh, it's sort of casting these shadows over the camp that uh, look a little bit ominous, but to you, it's, it's, it's just kind of funny, like the entire situation. And, uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, you're about 10 feet away from him at this point.
1: <laughs> Can I pick up the rock? Oh, Absolutely. I'm gonna pick it up and I'm gonna throw it uh, like right in his chest. Not hard, but just just enough to hit him. <laughs> Why don't you make me a, a
2: dexterity attack roll?
1: All right, That is a twenty one. All right. So
2: So Tom, you see those shadows start to move over the camp, and they're just dancing to the south of you. And as you're kind of staring at them for a second, you get pegged in the chest with one of your own light rocks that you had thrown out, and it doesn't hurt badly, but it definitely surprises you. I take off running. (laughs) What direction? (laughs) Uh, Opposite of the direction of the rock. Okay, so you're you're running south, like sprinting? Yeah. Igmit, I will give you... I will give you uh, one action so like you can, you know, do something or you can move or whatever it is that you want to do.
1: Um I'm just going to jump out of the bushes and and yell, "Tom!"
0: I'm going to slow my roll and then I'm going to pause for just a moment and listen again and see if I hear anything. "Tom, where are you? Where are you running off to?" I'm going to turn around and head cautiously back to camp um do i see him in the in the firelight
2: oh definitely like he is incredibly visible he popped out and is uh standing at his full height <laughs> and is no longer trying to be obscured at all so yeah you have no trouble uh, seeing him at all
0: i'm gonna run up to the one of the nearby trees and i'm gonna motion for him and say egret egret get out of there there's orcs in these woods
1: orcs what do you Shh. mean What makes you think that?
0: Come on. You're standing right in the open.
1: I walk over to him.
0: I heard him. I think they came from that direction.
1: I'm going to stand right behind him and then yell in his ear. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) As as, As soon as he does that, I just stand perfectly still.
0: And then I slowly turn around to look at him and I say, that wasn't funny.
1: I think it was damn
3: funny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You could have gotten yourself
1: shot. Well, you'd heal me, right?
0: (laughs) Tom thinks about it for a moment and then
1: says, Well, there's no use in trying to sleep now. What do you mean? We still got a couple hours of night, don't we? Um, Tim?
2: Oh yeah, you definitely think so. You'd say that it's probably, uh two three in the morning right now. I'm going I'm just gonna go sit down
0: like
1: breathing super heavily. <laughs> All you heard was a coyote. Won't hurt us none. All I heard was a madman. You know, I had to mess with you a little bit. Um, and uh Igman's gonna lay down. <laughs> I'm gonna <try> him <laughs> him.
2: You have no trouble getting back <laughs> to sleep. You're perfectly comfortable <laughs> out in this situation, but Tom, on the other hand, I think that even though now you know that it was Igmit, I think you're probably going to still have trouble getting back to sleep at this point. <laughs> I have a lot of adrenaline going right now. And no tobacco products whatsoever. <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs>
1: we should have seen what the what the orcs smoke.
0: Oh yeah, I've been potent. I'm going to lay wide awake for the next two hours.
2: Okay. So as Dawn starts to creep up over uh, over the tree line and start to hit your face, Tom, you've already been, I would assume, just kind of farting around or thinking about stuff or whatever, and uh, you wake up and you feel well-rested and you start to cook your breakfast and make some coffee and do everything that you would do in the morning and you're just breaking down camp and... You look over and you see Tom, and he just has these bags under his eyes. (laughs) Can we just take a moment to appreciate the fact that Igmit was
0: willing to take a bullet for a practical joke and say, You'd heal me? (laughs) Like, what
2: the hell? (laughs) That's commitment. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> um,
0: since uh, since I had nothing else to do, I'm assuming I got up early and attempted to make breakfast, but it was probably something as stupid as, like, I don't know, heating up uh, if, if we have any, like, beef jerky or something like that, just, like, warming it up.
2: <laughs> so, okay, admit that's the disaster that you wake up to, like, uh, you wake up... <laughs> And Tom just has a fuckload of coffee grounds in a pot of boiling water, and sitting right next to the fire is is a, a cheesecloth that you had specifically for the purpose of straining out the coffee grounds so you didn't have to pick your teeth after you got done drinking.
1: <laughs> Tom, did your mama cook all your meals for you back in the Imperium?
0: I didn't have a mother.
1: Then what is this mess?
0: I made coffee, made some jerky, and we've got this towel to wash
1: when we're done. <laughs> How about next, m- just tomorrow morning, all take care of the vittles, thank you. <laughs> well, it's not like I had a lot to do after last night's antics. I still can't believe that that rattled you so much.
0: I wasn't rattled. I was concerned for your well-being. You weren't answering me, you know.
1: Right, right. You were worried about me. <laughs> here, eat some jerky. I toss him
0: a, <laughs> like a room temperature piece of jerky.
1: Did you try and cook this jerky?
0: Well, it's not like we have an abundance of other types of food around here.
1: What, what do you mean? They're squirrels? There's weasels. I mean, you could eat that coyote if you were desperate.
0: <laughs> squirrels and weasels, I kind of cringe.
1: I'm not desperate. Mm-hmm. And he's just chunking on some jerky, just shaking his head at this bald eastern man.
2: I would <laughs> say that this is some of the toughest jerky that you've ever had in <laughs> your entire life. Just because... <laughs> Tom has basically uh, <laughs> Tom has basically uh, gotten a nice crust of uh, like a nice brown crust on the outside of it, and it's taken what was at one point you know some decently tough jerky and made it just almost unchewable.
0: Tom Tom is obviously struggling with it, but he's gonna just take a bite and kind of look at it and nod like he's trying to hide it. Like, mm. <laughs>
1: Igmit's gonna, like, start tearing it up with one of his tusks just to see if that might <laughs> <laughs> help. <laughs> so, where are we getting started next today? Well, we better get to that basin pretty soon. Uh, I don't want to be out of town for too long. Do you know the daily
0: schedules of snakes? <clears throat> when they eat, when they sit on their eggs...
1: Well, they're in their burrows at night to conserve heat, and, uh, they'll probably be most active at the high of noon, I figure. Yeah, uh, we're gonna break camp, I guess. Okay. So it takes
2: you guys about two hours to get down there, and so I would say at this point it's maybe 9.30 in the morning, rolling up on 10 soon, and, uh yeah you guys are down in there it's definitely a lot sandier down here it's already starting to get pretty warm even this early in the morning um, the sand is it's not hot enough that you can feel it through your boots but as you're sort of uh, trying to just track and take stock of the situation you can feel that uh, that it's going to be a hot one just with how much the sand has already heated up and uh, the fact that Okay. Everything in the distance is starting to get that hazy look as the morning drags on.
0: Again, I'm trying to kind of hide it because I don't want to admit that I've made a mistake, but I'm clearly not comfortable in my all-black attire in this hot sun.
1: Now, Tim, I wanted to clarify, are we talking like soft sand or like rocky rocky desert with patches of sand?
2: Oh, rocky desert with patches of sand. You wouldn't be able to track if it was like a... You know what I mean? Something would have to be super fucking fresh in order for it to be in in sand that would be whipped away. Yeah, yeah, not... I mean, I think that if you travel further into this basin, there are definitely dunes and things like that, but you guys are still kind of on the edge of it, you know?
1: Okay. Okay. What are we going to do
0: to make some noise and attract this thing?
1: Now, do you have... One of those spell rifles, like Falk has, or just a normal, normal rifle. You got normal rifle,
0: but if it's noise you're looking for, <laughs> I can make noise.
1: How, oh, with your, uh, with your preacher trick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, my preacher trick.
1: Yeah. Uh, you make as much noise as you can and make sure it echoes right into the middle of the basin.
0: I can make quite a variety of noises up to 30 feet away. Is there any particular noise you had in mind?
1: Oh, no, we need more than 30 feet. Uh, I, I need it to travel far. Um, uh, you best hand me your rifle. Uh, alright, I'm gonna hand in my rifle. And I'm just gonna tilt it off to one side away from both of us and uh, rapidly fire five or six shots. Okay. Create uh, quite a bit of sound with that.
2: Oh yeah, it reverberates off of the off of the basin walls behind you and it is loud and um, you wait for maybe 15-20 minutes or so and go ahead and make me a perception check. As
0: the sound is still echoing through the basin and we're just sitting there silently, Tom says, "Hmm, perhaps we should have discussed a plan of action before you did that.
1: We're gonna find the snake, and then we're gonna kill it, and then we're gonna find its den.
0: (sighs) (laughs) Nat one plus four. Dope. Thirteen. I have sunglasses.
2: Oh, yeah, you have advantage, don't you? Four plus four. Ooh! <laughs> so, <clears throat> it's starting to get hotter, and that haze that's hanging over the, the middle of this basin seems to be crawling closer to you, almost. And Igmit, you know that that's not actually what's happening, but as the heat is getting mm, it's getting worse, the it's basically just obscuring your view. And... You, you think that you probably need to keep making more noise in order to get this thing to start hunting before it's fully sunned itself.
1: Okay, um, Tom, let's get a little bit closer and uh, you start hollering as loud as you can. Anything will do, but make it as loud as you can.
0: I don't know if I like this plan.
1: Well, we got to f- get it to find us somehow. Very well. And while he is using thaumatur- thaumaturgy, I'm going to keep shooting the rifle at uh, just a casual pace.
2: Let me just paint this picture real quick because I fucking love it. So basically, <laughs> are you going to oblige him, Tom?
0: Yeah, and when I use my thaumaturgy, I'm going to start saying,
3: uh-
2: Okay, so you guys are basically walking maybe 10 feet apart from each other out into this basin and just this slow, deliberate pace and Tom every, you know, 15 seconds or so is using his spell to just yell out this loud war cry and Igmit is just firing shots into the air and they're just ringing (laughs) throughout the basin and I need you both to make me a perception check,
3: please.
1: Natural goddamn toy. 13.
2: Igmit, you hear this otherworldly roar just so faintly as it's just reverberating around this basin. Like, you can hear the gunshots are still echoing just a little bit louder than this roar is, but you definitely hear the sound of some sort of an animal. And you see off in the distance in front of you, it appears as though large amounts of sand are moving to the side as though something is underneath it. Okay. And Tom, I would say that you might see the sand moving, but it's kind of hard to tell what's going on with it. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna be going rook Uruk, rook. And Igmet As you get a better stock of what exactly is going on here, you think that whatever is under this sand is fucking massive. And you guys just fought a really big zombie construct just a couple of nights ago, and you're pretty positive that whatever this is, it might be
1: bigger. Fuck. I'm gonna get on my horse. Okay. (laughs) And um, I'm going to throw the rifle over to Tom. All right. And, uh, can I make a perception check just to see like how fast this beast is coming at us?
2: Yeah, go ahead. That is at 12. It seems to be coming pretty fast. It's still pretty far away at this point. It's so large that it's really easy to see the, like any foliage that is in the way just sort of gets lifted up and then as the creature fully passes under it you sort of see it just get set back down in sort of an off-kilter way and it's leaving uh, just a sort of a trail of just mounds of dirt and rocks and things like that and uh, you would guess that within the next 60 to 120 seconds that it's going to be on top of you
1: Now, could this thing, like, overturn a stump? You don't know. How big is a rock that it moved?
2: Huge. I mean, pretty big.
1: Never should have shot that gun in that cave. (laughs) Um, Igbit's gonna ride right for it. Okay. And, uh, he's gonna pull out his bow. Okay. And knock an arrow.
2: And Tom, what are
1: you doing?
0: I'm going to pull the last two sticks of dynamite out of my bag and kind of wedge them inside the back of my belt. And then uh, I'm not going to follow Igmit at full speed, but I am going to kind of trail behind him. And um, I have some spells I'd like to ready, but uh, I just got to read them real quick. But um, that's what I'm doing. I'm just kind of keeping pace behind Igmit.
2: Okay. So Igmit, when... As you're getting closer to this thing, the mound becomes smaller, and you would assume that that's because maybe it went a little bit deeper. And as you're getting closer to it, well, here, do you want to do anything before it would get, like, really
1: close to you? No, no. I'm just going to have my uh, bow ready to shoot.
2: And Tom, what are these things that you're uh, readying?
0: What would I what would Tom estimate the distance is bet- between him and this thing?
2: You would say that at this point about about a thousand feet. I'll give you some um, time to ready some stuff. because I'm gonna say that you're about 200 feet behind Igmet at this point. I'm gonna say,
0: Igmet, do you think we are, are we going to fight this thing?
1: I reckon we're we're in too deep not to shall we make our stand? Are we
0: fighting it right here?
1: Well, yeah, I think so. But if you can, try and get up against those walls. Um. So um, I'm going to hold off on my spells for
0: now, and I'll, I'll just be ready for them when the snake gets closer.
2: Okay, so Igmit, you see this dirt is being pushed aside, and it's coming closer and closer to you, and as it's getting into your vicinity you see it goes under Tom to your horse and it sort of lifts him up just ever so slightly and it continues beyond uh, it continues behind you for maybe another 100 feet or so and then just stops and you like you don't see any more dirt moving or anything like that and Tom are you continuing to get closer to Igmit at this point? I'll stay within 30 feet of him Okay, so you get up near uh, where Igmit's at, and you saw Igmit's horse and himself kind of get lifted up into the air a little bit, and you can still see the trail of where this snake uh, was headed, and then it just stops, and you see no movement, you hear nothing, you just feel the hot sun beating down upon you. What do you guys want to do? Where did it go?
1: I think it burrowed down. Um, can we see the trail from where it came from?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. It came from uh, towards the middle of the basin.
1: I'm gonna start riding along its trail pursuing, like, where it came from. Okay.
2: Are you following, Tom? Yes. Okay. So you... You start riding hard um, towards the direction that this snake came from, and after maybe five to 10 minutes of riding, you, well, why don't you guys both make me perception checks. Igmet? this will be at disadvantage because it's going to be uh, auditory-based. Okay. Dirty 20. Six. So, Igmit, you do not hear anything. Tom, however, you start to hear the sound of earth being pushed uh, to the side. You definitely hear the sound of something thrashing beneath the ground um, behind you. And when you turn around to look, you can see that, uh, that a trail is again appearing nearby, like just off to the side of where the old trail was and it's just pushing all of the rocks and foliage and dirt off to the side, and, uh, and it appears to be pursuing you yet again. Igmit, I found him again.
1: I want to find it's Dan. <clears throat> I don't know if we'll have time. Uh, Igmit's going to turn around, <laughs> and um, how far is it away from, from us now? It, when you turn around and look, you would
2: estimate that it's maybe 100, 150 feet behind you, but it's definitely gaining fast. This thing is definitely faster. You you can only see the dirt being moved. Um, like you you haven't seen this thing pop above the ground at all. If there are any cliffs or rock faces right next to us, I'd like to get up against them. Um, unfortunately you guys have ridden away from the walls of this basin and so you're pretty far from like there are definitely rocks that you could hide behind but there are also rocks that have been recently (laughs) thrown by this snake's trail so (laughs) I don't know if you want to call that a good
1: idea but that's up to you
0: (laughs) this would be much easier if we could get him to hold still for a moment
1: do you have any magic that can do that? no Igmit's gonna take one of the four pieces of dynamite he has on his saddle and um what's the range on that? you told me to write down the distance but I don't have the thrown range you
2: can throw uh, You can. let's say you can throw it like 30 feet accurately beyond that I'll make you roll with disadvantage
1: okay Um, I'm just gonna hold that Um, not gonna throw it so are you gonna stay
2: still then for a minute? yes okay so this this creature is heading straight towards you you can see that it's pushing more dirt out of the out of the way you can you see a large boulder sort of get lifted up and tossed off to the side maybe a foot or two and uh, it's rapidly encroaching on you I would say that at this point it's a good it's only about 50 feet away Tom casts Guardian of Faith
0: okay okay so tom uses a verbal command and he calls for the power of ernie and uh says um i think we're going to need some help here and a large spectral guardian appears and hovers for the duration in an unoccupied space of your choice that you see within range any any creature hostile to us that moves within a space of 10 feet of the guardian for the first time must do a dexterity saving throw
2: okay so where do you want to place it
0: Right in front of me. <laughs> okay. Uh, his my range is thirty feet, and you said he is how far away from us? Fifty? Yep. I will place it the full thirty feet away from in front of us, between
2: us and the monster. All right, Sue. So, it's actually pretty good at dexterity saves, mm. and it does not save. So I'm gonna make I'm gonna have you guys roll initiative after this, but as you see this this underground tunnel basically is approaching. The guardian that you summoned, what does your guardian look like? He is a spectral guardian, and he hovers, and he has um, a gleaming sword and shield emblazoned with the symbol of Ernie. Okay. And so you see this this guardian takes its sword and just (laughs) slashes out at the ground, and you hear this loud roar, and you immediately just a burst of rocks and dirt and all sorts of debris just start flying all around you as this towering, massive rattlesnake appears out of the ground. It, its entire body doesn't even come out. Um, it, you, you would say that maybe half of it, and this thing is towering at least 50 feet into the air, and there is just this you can almost taste this metallic energy in the air and you can see that among its scales there is just currents of electricity sort of just spider webbing its way down its scales and it's got these massive fangs that look to be dripping venom and it just roars at you and so let's go ahead and roll initiative and this thing is uh, thirty feet away from you at this point.
0: Just so you know, Tim, that's gonna that guardian's gonna be there for eight hours or until he does sixty damage, which I'll keep track of. Okay.
1: I get a high roll on initiative, so that's uh, twenty-three. Okay. Eleven for Tom. All right, Egbert, you're first. I'm gonna light the piece of dynamite and uh, throw throw it um, at its head area. Hell yeah!
2: All right, go ahead and make me a, a so that it's a ranged attack. Let's
1: see. That's 19 to hit. Um, that'll hit. Okay, and then it is 16.
2: Um, so you you actually bite off just a little bit of this wick so that you can try and time out. So that this thing will, this piece of dynamite will explode right around this uh, snake's face. And you reach back with a grunt, you hurl this piece of dynamite as far as you can, and you watch it sail end over end into the air. And as it, it like bounces off of the head of this snake, and it gets maybe a foot or two away from it, and then explodes, sending this snake. Reeling and screaming and shaking around violently. And that will be, do you want to move?
1: Yes, I want to move my full movement uh, away, but um, going away from it.
2: And so that will bring us to the snake, who I think is not smart enough to realize that the Spectral Guardian is not real or attackable. And so I think it's just going to try and bite the Spectral Guardian, which is not going to do anything, but is probably going to do some damage to it. And so, like, it, it rears back and gets into striking position and with blinding speed tries to wrap its jaws around the Spectral Guardian that basically you can see the jaws of this snake latch around the lower portion of it, and you can no longer see the lower portion of this Guardian. But you do see it just smack down with this sword, and a little bit of the light of Ernie sort of uh, appears out, and it's not really as bright as it would be if it were dark out. um, But you can definitely see this snake sort of reel back a little bit, but lightning crackles all around it, and all around this Spectral Guardian, and it's sort of like shakes its head around, confused, and then continues to move forward at you, Tom. And so as it's lunging forward towards you, Tom, you see that the uh, the entire body of this snake has come out of the ground, and you would estimate that at, at a whole, it's probably about 70, maybe 65 feet long. And it whips its tail around, and I'm going to go ahead and deal that last uh, 20 damage from the Spectral Guardian so that I don't have to keep remembering this thing. That's three hits? Yeah, that's all three hits. And it will... Does a 15 hit your armor class? No. So you see that on the end of this uh, thing's tail, it's got, like, these weird... Metal plates that are sort of stacked up on each other, and it makes this rattling sound as it's whipping out towards you, and you can feel the static in the air it sort of makes the it sort of makes the hair on your arms and chest stand on end, and you can just smell ozone in the air, and you just barely duck underneath it as it whips up uh, above so that will bring us to your turn, Tom. Okay. This thing is right on top of you.
4: Tom, Tom, it's Falk. Are you there?
0: (laughs) Hmm? What the? I pull out my communicator and I say, (laughs) I'm a little busy right now as I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, (laughs) I'm trying to like juggle the communicator and a stick of dynamite at the same time. (laughs) I'm like biting it with my teeth and like, there's hardly the time. (laughs)
4: No, no, this will be, this will be quick. I swear, it's just like a, a quick thing. It's like a riddle or something. I, I know you are good with those, or at least I think you are.
0: What do you want? And I, uh, I ripped a piece of dynamite <laughs> off, and then I struggled to get a match out.
4: You ever heard of a Eastern Promise? We just found this thing. It says, uh, "Bring forth the Eastern Promise of Renewal." It just made me think of, uh, you know, you you know all that religious stuff.
0: I managed to strike a match and start trying to light this thing. As I say, it doesn't ring any bells. You don't have any more context than that.
4: Oh well, uh, I there's these like pedestals with uh, you know, like round things around it, and there's like all this shit on the floor. Um, oh, uh, nuisance says hi. By the way, um, well not
2: so much hi.
4: He's just running around and got all excited when I called you. He's running around going choosey chosen. You know the deal.
0: What the fuck are you doing, Tom? <laughs> I finally managed to get this stupid thing to light and then it dawns on me that I better throw this quick. So I I I go to throw it and I accidentally throw my communicator. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then I drop the dynamite and start running. Oh man, um <laughs> <laughs> So you take your thirty feet of movement backwards? Yeah. So uh, what I need you to do, though, is make me a dexterity saving throw, please. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 14. Okay. So (laughs) you turn your horse and just spur it as hard as you can in the other direction. And you keep... (laughs) You feel just the force of this explosion and it takes you off of your horse and you sort of tumble through the sand a few times and you take, you take one point of damage um, as you do this, um, but you also hear this snake just screeches out again, and you hear it writhing against the sand and bashing itself against uh, rocks and things like that, and uh, folk, the last thing that you hear is just a loud explosion on your communicator. <laughs> And actually, I need you to, actually, I want you to roll it for me, Tom. I'm going to give you a 15% chance that you just uh, blew up your communicator. (laughs) And so uh, you call high or low and then roll percentage. High. 62. Okay, you're good. You'll be able to find it later. Maybe. It is your turn. You're like 10 feet away from this massive snake.
1: He's gonna rage and um, he's gonna throw a tomahawk. We'll pull it up off my hip and throw a tomahawk um, at the snake. All right, go ahead. Okay. That's a dirty 20.
2: Nice. All right, go ahead and roll damage.
1: Okay. That's 16 damage.
2: As you see what this snake just did to Tom, your blood just begins to boil, your veins begin to bulge, and your muscles just begin to tighten, and your vision becomes blurry on the outsides of it, and it's almost like you have tunnel vision, and it starts to turn just a tint of red as you pull your tomahawk from your belt. and bring your arm back, your muscles just ready to release and deal as much damage as humanly possible, or orcishly possible, I guess, in this situation, and you release (laughs) it, and it buries the head of this uh, tomahawk deep into the scales of this snake, and it rears back, and you can see that its attention is fully focused on you, and if you could ever pick any moment that you wanted an enemy fully focused on you, it's right now, because you want nothing more than to kill this thing. So that will bring us to the Storm Snake, who is going to rear back, and it is going to try and bite you, and I'm gonna need you, well, actually, I'll see if it hits first. Oh, fuck, that's a natural 20. Damn. I need you to roll me a constitution saving throw, please, Ignit. Eighteen. Okay, so eighteen does save. And so, for piercing, thirty-two, and then two lightning damage.
1: And that's after my raging No, having no, it.
2: so you have the okay. thirty-two, the lightning damage is always going to be straight up, though, okay?
1: Okay, and then can I use my uncanny dodge on one turn to have it again, or does that not stack?
2: No, you can you can absolutely do that, and so you would bring it to from sixteen then to eight damage, um, but then you eight still take plus two lightning. Lightning, yep. Okay. So then it will do a tail attack against you. Um, that's a nineteen to hit. Yep. All right, and so that will be, and I need another Constitution saving throw from you, please. Sixteen. That also saves. So you take, it'll be 14 piercing damage and five lightning. So seven piercing and five lightning. Oof, okay. okay, so Igmit, just to kind of give you a sense of what happens here. So the head of this snake is fighting you from the front and it goes in and it clamps down... Like, it doesn't, it doesn't, like, uh, pierce you fully with either of its fangs because the size of these fangs would impale you completely but it does capture one of your arms in it for a second, and you've got a huge bruise where it clamped down on it, and you can sort of see that there's these singed hairs and sort of blackened skin where the lightning went into your body. And as you kind of get ready for another bite attack from behind you, the tail comes in and connects with the small of your back and again shocks you a little bit and... and puts another huge bruise onto your back, and it's almost as though you're surrounded by this snake, you know what I mean? So like it's fighting you with its head on one side and its tail on the other, and then that will bring us to uh, Tom's turn. Can I get in 30 feet of uh, Igmit? Yes, absolutely. But I will say, though, that it, to get within 30 feet of Igmit, it will put you pretty damn close to the snake.
0: Tom kind of hurries over to um, to get within range of Igmet, and then he says, That was good, but we're not done yet. We could use some more help if you're still out there. He's going to try and cast aid on both of us, my, myself and uh, Igmit, and it should...
2: Tom, does a 19 hit your armor class? Yeah. Okay, so uh, you can continue doing what you're doing. That's fine, but... I need you to also make me a constitution saving throw.
0: (laughs) Okay. Igmit and I both get our maximum and current hit points boosted by five
2: for the next eight hours. All right. So you guys uh, both have five temporary hit points. Nice. What's the result of that uh, con save there, uh, Brian? (laughs) That's a five. Okay. So... As you get within 15 feet of this snake, which is an important number, and that's why I'm telling you that, its tail whips out at you, Tom, and it connects directly to the side of you as you get this spell off, and you're going to take 14 points of bludgeoning damage. You're also going to take uh, six points of lightning damage, and you are stunned. And so next turn, you will not be able to do anything um, and that, so that will last for one round and so like as it connects with you, you feel the lightning rack your body and you're thrown off to the side a little bit and you're sort of just on the ground twitching and you're trying to get control over your body but your muscles are just not responding and that will bring us to Igmet's turn you're mano a mano with this guy now <laughs>
1: Can I see, like, can I tell if this snake has taken much damage? I mean, is he looking even, like, a dent is in him?
2: I mean, you can see that there's some decent wounds on him. You know, you saw where the Spectral Guardian uh, slashed sort of deep into this creature, and also you can see your tomahawk that's buried into the side sort of below its head area. And its entire face and snout is fairly blackened from both explosions. But it also I, seems um, pretty vigorously fighting you at this point as well.
1: Um, and I'm going to charge right at it with my other tomahawk in hand and try and make a melee attack. Okay. Okay.
2: Are you still on your horse, Igmit? I am I need you to make me an animal handling check actually, before you uh, make that melee attack it's, it's thirteen So you try and spur your horse closer to this thing, and your horse does not want to move at all because any way any which way that your horse looks, it is basically surrounded by the coils of this snake, and so it it kind of rears up like not enough to knock you off of it but enough to give you a very clear indication that it has no intentions of moving anywhere closer to the snake. And so you could jump off of it and run in and make a melee attack, but you're definitely not gonna be able to keep uh, staying on your horse if you're gonna get that close to it.
1: Okay. Um, Yeah, I'm gonna dismount and uh, charge charge with Tomahawk.
2: All right, go ahead and make me a melee attack. 16. Oh yeah, that hits. And remember, you get to use the raging damage this time.
1: That is 26.
2: Oh, shit. Okay. So you you charge in at this thing, and it, it rears back its head into the striking position, and you just leap up into the air, grab your tomahawk by with both hands by the handle, and just lever this thing right into the scales of this creature, and you see these uh, scales burst to the side and the lightning that was spider webbing around it uh, sort of dances and crackles and its blood just sprays all over your face and into your mouth and it sort of tastes very metallic and you you just feel like you de- dealt a lot of damage to this thing as, uh, as it screams and gyrates around. And, it's definitely looking rough to you now. Okay. And that will bring us to the Storm Snake's turn. Oh, wow. I'm not rolling super well. Does a fucking 13 hit your armor class, segment?
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid uh, that's, a, that's a tad too weak.
2: All right. So let's do the tail attack. All right. Well, that one's going to hit. Um, con save, please.
1: Okay, it's a 10. Oof.
2: All right, so you take 16 points of bludgeoning damage as this tail connects with your, uh, with your back once again. Uh, and then lightning starts to course through your body and holy fuck. I literally just rolled two ones. Wow, okay. <laughs> so you take two lightning damage. <laughs> But you are stunned, and so remember to take half damage from the bludgeoning. Okay. Because you're raging, and then two lightning. And then you are stunned until after your next turn.
1: Okay. All um, right.
2: That will bring us to Tom. Tom, what are you doing? Am I done being stunned? Um, no. So actually, you are stunned for this turn. Which will bring us to Igmet, who is also stunned. <laughs> and then it will bring us to the snake, who is going to try and bite down on Igmet. And that will hit. Wow. So the first one with advantage definitely hits. The second one, I rolled a three and then a five. So. <laughs> oh. What the fuck? Igmet, you will take. um, That is 11 points of bludgeoning damage. And. Wow, one lightning again. Alright. So, this snake, this time it does clamp down on you, and one of its fangs pierces through your leg, Igmet. And it doesn't break any bone, but. Part of your quad has a massive hole in it at this point. And oh, Lord. You, are, you are feeling rough and you're trying to react and to, to flinch at these things that are happening to you, but your body is just, it just seems to be locked in place. And then that will bring us to Tom's turn.
0: Being that this is an era where there isn't an abundance of wall outlets and electricity, Tom has never really been shocked before outside of static electricity, so he's rather puzzled. And he kind of dazedly gets up and puts his hat on and <coughs> says, um, he kind of mutters, That wasn't very useful. <sighs> Do you have any more angels? Any Caspiric guardians? I call forth spirits to protect me, they flit around a distance of fifteen feet. If the snake is starts his turn or enters into my space, he has to do a Wisdom saving throw.
2: All right, uh, Igmet, you are currently prone <laughs> and very, very pissed off and very, very hurt, and you have a massive snake that's looming above you. What would you like to do?
1: Igmet's just gonna lay his head back for a second and. Tom, can you hear me? Yes. This son of a bitch kills me. You make sure it doesn't eat me, you hear? I'll do what I, <laughs> I'll do what I can. Igmit Yazi might be a son of a bitch, but he ain't gonna be Snake Chow. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, he is gonna try and uh, do one of those, um, like... Jumps like to get in to get onto onto his feet. Oh, a kip up? Yeah.
2: Go ahead and make me an acrobatics check. <laughs> or no, let's make it athletics mm-hmm. because you have advantage on it because it's strength.
1: Oh, thank God because I just rolled a two. <laughs> <laughs> and that's eleven plus ten, so twenty-one.
2: Oh. Okay. So like Bruce Lee, you just pop oh, yourself yeah. back up and you grab your tomahawk and you grip it so tightly that you can actually feel your nails digging into the wood of it. Like, you can hear the wood cracking under your grip at this
1: moment. And what would you like to do? I'm taking another melee attack at that son of a bitch. So, 18 to hit. That hits? And then... 13 damage.
2: Alright. So you wrench your arm back and again just deliver this hearty blow into the same spot that you had hit before. And the snake rears back and spits and you can see some venom sort of dropping on the ground around you. And this electrical energy just crackling and the smell of ozone is... Strong in your nose
1: and do you want to do anything else? Um if I tried to back away, would that give it a attack of opportunity? Oh a hundred percent. I'm standing
2: my ground. Oh actually, rogues can disengage as a bonus action, so you could technically run your full thirty feet away.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna do like one of those like side rolls and then um to the side and then uh like 10 feet to the side and then 20 feet away. All right,
2: so basically the way that this thing is positioned, there's only one exit from the coils, and so you roll away as its jaws go to clamp down on you again, and they just barely miss. You can feel its hot breath on you as you're rolling, and you come up in perfect stride, start sprinting away from this thing, and you turn around and kind of get yourself into a better position, and it is kind of looking back and forth between the swarm of these guardians that Tom has summoned and also back to you. And that will bring us to the Storm Snake's turn, who needs to make a wisdom saving throw you said, Tom? Correct. Alright. Oh, well, luckily for you, minus four to his wisdom. Whiz- yeah, no, that doesn't pass. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just 11 damage. All right. Radiant. So these things... These, this swarm of creatures just starts to stab and prick, and, and this snake is trying to whip its tail around to get them away, but I assume, like the other things, they're sort of spectral and ephemeral, and so the tail just sort of passes through them. <laughs> and, uh... So actually, I'm going to have it roll with disadvantage because it's going to continue to slash it, or slap its tail at uh, these guardians that you uh, have summoned. But I'm going to give it disadvantage to accidentally hit you in the process, <laughs> um, And so that will be a 17 against your armor class. 18. Oh, you son of a bitch. So like, this thing is just flailing around and like you can see... The way that its tail is winding up. And so you get ready to duck if it should happen to get close. And just as you think that thought, its tail just whips within inches of your face. And you kind of get wide eyed for a moment. And uh, then it is going to it's going to squirm forward at you, Igmit. And I will. Oh, wait, no, you're only holding a gun, Tom. Never mind. Uh, Igmit, 15 on your armor class? doesn't hit. Are you fucking kidding me? According to this, it's 17. Well, that's bullshit. And so, like, now that you've gotten yourself sort of in a more open position, this snake slithers towards you a little bit, and it rears back to strike, and... As it gets its jaws open, you dive headlong into another roll, and it just snaps into the sand and comes back with a mouthful of dirt, and it shakes its head violently and roars into the air, and uh, that will bring us to your turn, Tom. His face is close to Igmit, but his body's further away, correct? Yeah, so its tail is sort of close to you, but its uh, face is about... It's about uh, 45 feet away from you, near Igman. I'm going to pull the
0: last stick of dynamite out of my belt and uh, give it a bite, give it a light, and give it a throw as I'm running away. I'm going to try to land it, kind of, like, bump it up against the side of the snake so it kind of maybe wedges into the ground or whatever. Just, I don't want it to go over, so I'm aiming down, and I throw. Don't roll in that one. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a ten. Um...
2: So I think that, uh, again, <laughs> you're going to feel the pressure from the explosion and it's probably going to knock you back a little bit, um, like a Michael Bay movie. And you're going to take, uh, take four points of bludgeoning damage as you get thrown through the dirt again. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead and roll damage on the, uh, on the dynamite. Okay. Yeah. Eight damage. All right. So it seems incredibly focused on Igmet. Like, the you see the dynamite explode at, at the body of this snake, and it sort of writhes in pain a little bit, and you can see the charred scales and some exposed flesh underneath it that's singed and burning, and you can definitely smell this kind of acrid flesh burning, and it's it's definitely uh, it definitely seems to have done some damage to it, but uh, it's very focused on Igmit at this point, and so Igmit, it is your turn
1: I'm gonna put down my tomahawk, and I'm gonna pull out my scattergun and I'm gonna aim right for the bastard face go ahead and roll your attack roll and 22 oh yeah and let's see 66 That is 24 damage. You level your scattergun,
2: and you pull the trigger, and smoke and fire erupts from the barrel of it, and you can see the flesh tearing off of its face as these BBs fly into it. I mean, a great majority of it, because it's far enough away that the pattern had some time to spread out, and it shakes and writhes in pain, and it will be its turn. And I think, I think I need you to make me an athletics check, Pigment. And you do have advantage because you're still raging. Okay. And you've got to be a 27.
1: Oof. <laughs> well, thank God, because I just rolled an 18 plus 10. So that is a 28.
2: <laughs> this thing like rears back and you see it open up its maw like its jaw sort of unhinges a little bit and it lunges straight towards you and as it goes to try and swallow you, you grab onto both of its fangs and press your feet into its lower jaws and just fight it off as it's trying to close them onto you and you sort of do a springboard and release its fangs and jump backwards at the same time as its jaws snap shut, and you narrowly avoid being swallowed, and okay, then it's going to oh, do I need to make another wisdom saving throw, Tom? If you started in range of the 15 feet Oh yeah, definitely, so let me do that real quick before I do the attack Oh shit! Um, so that's a 19 minus 4 is 15.
0: You take half as much damage. Let me roll that real quick.
2: That's 11. All right. So the tail is going to whip out at you, Igmet. And so I need you to make me a constitution saving throw, please, Igmet. Okay. 14. Um, that will save. So you are going to take... So it's gonna be twenty-four bludgeoning damage and six lightning. Okay. Eatment's looking rough. No, I, I kinda of figured. This thing, uh, <laughs> this thing cracks you yet again in your back, and you can hear the sound of a couple of your ribs breaking as it connects with you, and your muscles spasm as this lightning shoots through your body, and it basically feels like every time that this happens, it basically feels like somebody is is bludgeoning you with the biggest bat that you've ever been hit with in your entire life, and I would think that Itmit's, Itmit's probably been hit with a few bats in his life. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>.
2: <laughs>
0: and so that will bring us to Tom. Tom kind of scrambles back to his feet after uh the dynamite incident and he pulls out his rifle and he just takes a shot. Alright, go ahead and roll. Ugh, nine attack.
2: Uh yeah, that does not hit. <laughs> Okay, so here's how I'm going to describe what just happened. So you are, you, are, you are laying in the sand, and you sort of scramble up, and you whip your rifle off of your back, and rather than taking time to aim it, you figure that being quick is probably your best bet, and you kind of just fire it off into the air, <laughs> and then just <laughs> <laughs> probably have that trademark wide-eyed look that Tom regularly gets. And <laughs> then that will bring us to you, Igmit.
1: Um, how does jumping work? Um, I have thirty feet of movement just walking or running. So jumping is athletics. Um, how much movement would I have if I tried to jump, like climb onto the snake? Jump onto the snake.
2: Oh yeah, you can absolutely do that. So it would be an athletics check uh, to jump on there, and then an athletics check to climb up, and you have advantage on both of those.
1: Okay, so the, f- the acrobatics is... It's not acrobatics, 17. it's athletics. Oh, alright, so athletics is a dirty 20. Okay. That is a tw-
2: 22. Okay, so because rogues can use their bonus action to dash, you can take sort of extra movement, basically, and so I'll say that you would be able to, to climb all the way up there, and so go ahead and make me your attack roll.
1: Okay. That is a 16. That'll hit. With
2: 18 damage. All right. So here's what happens. This thing strikes out at you, and you dance off to the side of it, just a little ways and it rears back to strike again and rather than waiting for it to make a move, you leap onto its back and start clawing at these scales moving up higher and higher and eventually you place yourself up on top of its head. You point your scattergun and just press it right to its skull and pull the trigger. And you just get blood and gore as it showers all over you. And this thing starts to rear and, and shake violently and roar. And you sort of grab onto a piece of its skull to hang on. And you're basically on the biggest bull that Igmat has ever ridden. And you've got, you know, one hand with your <laughs> scatter gun in the air and the other hand sort of in this wound gripping at it and you're just on the craziest eight seconds of your life and this thing looks so very rough and it is going to try and shake you off Igmit so I need you to make me an athletics check all right and that's higher than my last one that's a 29
1: damn I just, I got a 23
2: oh. okay so this thing starts to shake violently and you're trying to hang on to the best of your ability and did you use advantage when you rolled that because remember you have advantage on athletics checks
1: oh I I didn't. Okay. Um, uh, That's a 21.
2: Okay. So your your grip just begins to loosen a little bit as the blood sort of slickens the area that you're trying to hang on to and you get tossed from the top of this creature and you take... So you are going to take 15 bludgeoning damage as you fall to the earth, but obviously that's halved to 7.
1: Okay, well I'm... I would go to zero, but I have the ability to go to one HP instead of zero once per long rest, so...
2: Okay, so you hit the ground and it knocks the wind from you for a second, and you feel your vision starting to fade, and it only serves to make you more angry, and your muscles... Just by sheer memory and will alone just bring you back up to your feet and you growl at this snake as it it whips its tail at Tom 18 against your armor class, Tom? Matched. Alright. I need a con save out of you then. Niner. Oh yeah, that's not gonna that's not gonna do her. <laughs> so you are going to take. Uh, you're gonna take 11 points of bludgeoning from the, uh, from the tail. and... Uh, so five points of lightning on top of that. And then it will be your turn. How far is Igmit from me? Igmit... I would say that he probably fell sort of into the coils again, so let's say he's within 30 feet of you. Alright. So, um... Tom kind of staggers, and, uh... He
0: he says, <clears throat> We can't go out like this. We're almost to the finish line. I need one more favor. I need us to live, dammit. The live dammit feat allows me to double my healing powers. I'm going to use healing word on uh, gonna be Oh, praise the lord.
1: Igmit heals for 23. Oh. Brian, I could hug your bald ass right now. Is <laughs> it <laughs> so 23? Yes,
2: sir. Okay. If Brian's doing nothing else, that leaves it to you, Igmet. That's all I got.
1: Uh, am I prone? No, you
2: popped back up. Like, your, your body is just attuned at this point, like you are acting on muscle memory alone there is no thinking to Igmit at this point, you are just a pure blind
1: rage I raise my scattergun point it right at the beast's face and 16 that hits 22 damage
2: alright, so Igmit, you're standing there, and you're gripping your scattergun and this thing rears back to strike you again and it's got its mouth open wide and it starts to unhinge its jaw yet again and it strikes and as it's getting within five feet of you You pull the trigger on your scattergun, unflinching, just standing there as this thing is getting closer and closer with lightning speed. And the BBs from the end of your scattergun connect with this thing and just send a shower of gore all around you. And your scattergun basically creates a canyon in this thing's head as it falls dead at your feet and you are just showered with more venom and gore, and you can see the lightning is crackling around its skin, and it continues to sort of spiderweb around it for another maybe 15 seconds or so before it begins to, uh, to dissipate altogether, and this creature takes no more breaths.
1: Start running around in a circle like kicking his feet up, you know, and he just shouts Wee! and and just does the sand people with his scattergun and just goes ham, you know, blood just coating him, you know, kicking around in this circle, just you know, three sheets to the wind, doesn't care that he almost died, you know, he's done it. Uh... <laughs>
0: Tom is not rejoicing. He's standing there with his hands on his knees, panting.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Tom, we did it.
0: That was probably not worth it, but we killed it. Yes. Barely.
1: I have you to thank.
0: It wasn't me. It was. And then Tom kind of looks up and he says, Well Hmm In spite of all of my confusion Lately I suppose it was Ernie About time he showed up
1: Well Maybe it was Ernie But you were the one that used his power To heal me And I'm mighty appreciative of that
0: Um Tim how big are these snakes things
2: They are They're about three feet long
0: Okay Tom starts to walk towards the head of this snake, and uh, even though one of of the heads of the snake, now that it's been split, and he goes, Igmit, if I've learned anything from you, it's that we gotta take one of these with us. And he pulls out his knife, and he starts carving through the fang of this
1: snake. Uh, Igmit just claps his hands, (laughs) and that's my boy, right there. (laughs) I'm not
0: going to go through this mess and not have something to show for it. Paul would never believe that I actually stood and fought a monster.
1: That's your trophy, my friend. You take it
0: proudly. You know he's going to assume that you killed it and gave it to me.
1: Well, I promise I'll vouch for your bravery. You did a good job. Honestly, I was surprised you didn't run off.
0: I'll just tell him you would never give me one of your
1: trophies. Believe that. That's true. I wouldn't give you a trophy.
2: <laughs> so, Tom, you hear the sound of static coming from your communicator not too far away from you. Uh, <laughs> where you threw it? I kind of stagger over trudging through the
0: sand and uh, kind of look around to see where it's coming from and. I reach down kind of into a a bit of sand and pull it out and kind of blow it and dust it off. And then I say, this is Tom.
4: Oh, uh, what happened there? Like, uh, you know, never mind about the thing. Uh, We figured it out.
0: Keep it locked to the end of this episode to hear a short improv sketch we did with So Maddie Games on his live show, So Chatty with Maddie. Want more LCP D&D? All our info and content can be found through lcpdnd.com. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can share the show with friends or on social media. You can review us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you listen. You can pledge any amount of money at patreon.com slash and you can buy LCP merch at sonerdware.com slash LCP. Regardless of whether you do these things or not, we would love to have you join our Discord server where we chat, post memes, and even play D&D together. Come play with us. The Discord link is in our episode descriptions as well as on our website. You can follow the show on Twitter at LCP d Tim Demuse, our DM, is Ida Grab Your Gun. Chris Riley, who plays Falk, is Chris Riley LCP. Wesley Sullivan, who plays Igmit, is Wide Wide West. Our guest was Kim, who played Alavari, and she is Mets Girl, that's M-E-T-Z Girl. She can be found primarily on the two podcasts, Beholder's Eye and Service Desk. And I, Brian Bridges, the player of Tom, can be found on Twitter as at Manly Brian, and on Instagram as Brian underscore Bridges. And that's all for this episode. Until next time, may Ernie bless you, keep you, and make his face shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance
3: upon you and give you peace. In the Witchgrave Covenant, like many other fantasy realms, it's the heroes that save the day. Slaying dragons, rescuing villages, delving dungeons. They're the people you go to when evil is afoot in the land. Ever wonder what happens when those heroes aren't around? Sometimes, when sinister forces are at work, the only people you've got to call on are the town doctor. I'm not going to lie to you, this is going to hurt. That crazy lady who raises mules.
4: you have to be glossy at all times.
3: <laughs> and the gnome kid that runs the dispensary. You know Big Milo down at Newbridge? He's got mules as well. That's right. It's time for the NPCs to step up and save the day. I think I killed some. I did kill some. (laughs) (laughs) You were healing trauma on one of the most renowned highwaymen in the area. Also true, but... ain't no mule, that's a donkey. What? Or maybe they'll just make everything worse. The Session Tapes. Children of the Covenant. Fridays at www.thesessiontapes.com. Also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: What happens when four DMs who never get a chance to play become friends? Well, they all take turns DMing for each other in their own stories. Cameron from the Coventry Podcast, Rich and Cam from Filling in the Gaps, and the one and only Adam from the Roaring Trainers have joined forces to start the DM's Treehouse. Join us up in the Treehouse for PokéWorld, a game run by Adam where the players play as Pokémon, The West, a game run by Cam, which is a cowboy-style game set in an alternate timeline world, The Ascent, a traditional D&D game run by myself, Rich, and Heritage, a teenage superhero game run by Cameron that will make you feel like never before. At the end of the day, we're four great friends and great DMs having a good time, and we hope you guys will too. You can join us up in the Treehouse by finding us on Twitter, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you find podcasts by searching The DM's Treehouse.
4: a dead acolyte, her puzzle box, a city festering with secrets, and four individuals working to uncover those secrets, as well as those contained within each other. Individuals?
2: (laughs) I think of myself more as a hero of Mithrin. Well, I didn't sign up for any of this hero business. I call myself a researcher, because that's what I am.
1: That's all rubbish. We are adventurers. We will squeeze every drop of adventure out of this city or die trying.
4: Join us on the adventure by listening to Little Realms, a Dungeon and Dragons 5e actual play podcast, and by following us on Twitter at PodRealms.
1: May your journey be journey successful. successful. <laughs> Damn <Dear> it, Candace.
4: <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: well folks
0: i'm back and i appreciate you sticking around as you probably know so slash lcp is the place where you can buy our merch and by using the promo code lcp at checkout you can get 10 percent off your entire purchase what you might not be aware of unless you're into the ttrpg networking circles is that so nerdware is run by so maddie games and he has a couple weekly live shows on twitch One is a place where he can talk to DMs about various DMing topics, and the other is his weekend chat show where he talks to a group of people about whatever. Recently, Chris and Tim and Kim and I jumped on there to shoot the shit, and a spontaneous improv session broke out. So I'm about to play that for you now. If you want to listen to the entire show we had with Maddie, you can jump on twitch.tv slash somaddiegames, Maddie is M-A-T-T-Y, and games is spelled with a Z at the end. Navigate to his events tab, click on past events, and find So Chatty with Maddie episode 39 with LCP D&D. It aired on September 28th. All right, let's get this shit show started. Speaking of playing D&D, the uh, reason I was curious about the time is uh, obviously you can shoot this idea down, but would you guys want to... An improv a short little scene real quick that tim could set us up and maddie could become a character in our world in our in our western world fucking christ ryan are you just swinging shit out of me or what this is D; it's all about it this is what
4: you gotta do you get thrown
1: we do this, this every shit.
4: episode tim
0: i
1: mean i
4: understand that uh, I'm,
1: poking you bruise, I'm still allowed I'm to bitch bruise. about it a little bit
3: God.
0: just throw us in a tavern or something it's Fine, we'll be fine.
2: Oh, I'm gonna throw you in worse than a tavern, you motherfucker. <laughs> oh my. You're gonna be aboard the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> but make Maddie be
4: a villain. A villain? Tom falcon <laughs> Tom Alivari on the Enterprise would be great. <laughs> Hell yeah. Make oh Maddie, well, I had never seen glow and like this before. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't know anything about Star Trek, you know? Like, you know. Uh, oh, as I, as
0: I, I pull down a book for a game that I haven't gotten to play yet. Um, we'll make them the next generation adm- admiral. They're always villains. Um, All right. Fuck it. I'm They're
2: in. Are. are you in Maddie?
4: Sure, why not?
2: <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs>
4: As long as I get to play a full caster, I'm good.
2: Oh, goddamn right. Goddamn right. (laughs) I have a bard and some bullshit ass warlock and a cleric. Yeah, man. Like, we need you, Maddie. It's cool.
4: I'm like, I I love casters.
2: I'm sorry. I love casters. Um, No, I love casters too. That's what I do. I I rarely play them. I I usually play the fighter just because I'm normally that guy that likes to fill in the need. okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Casters are the shit. Like, especially sorcerers, but except for Falk, because fuck Falk. <laughs>
4: uh, <laughs> you know, fucking Falk, it, it, it's so similar there. You know, it's just, I guess, I don't know. That's what Boris did in the recent episode. Quit <laughs> <laughs> giving away spoilers, y'all. <laughs> um, okay, awesome. Let's do it. All right. <clears throat> Ridiculous expectations from Brian on how fast Tim can throw a thing together.
2: All right. So <laughs> you Saw it here first, folks. <laughs> uh, Tom, you walk into into this shop, right? And there is this guy who's standing behind the counter and he's got like sort of this pale face. And his canines look like they might come just a little bit below but they're sort of filed to a flat um a flat evenness with the rest of his teeth and he sort of grins at you and he's got a bolero tie on and you can see that there are just all sorts of accoutrements for sale around him and he looks at you and goes hey uh, what can i do for you there what can i do I'm eyeing his teeth as I. Uh, so it's, it's
0: it's almost like when somebody has an eye that doesn't quite line up, he <laughs> can't stop looking at it. <laughs> I'm gonna go up to him and I'm gonna say, uh, <clears throat> "I was just looking for some supplies, specifically cigars. Do you happen to have any of those?"
2: Ding! Bell rings. Who's walking in next?
4: Well, Tom, I haven't seen you in an age.
2: Ah, uh, the demon. <laughs>
4: You yeah, still stuck on that while. after all the things I've done for you?
2: Dang, the bell rings and somebody else walks in. <laughs> I, uh, what? Huh? <sighs> 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 <laughs> There's something that can help you with there, sir? I see that you're sighing a lot. You're looking for something in particular? No, no.
4: I think I'm in the wrong place.
2: No, you're never in the wrong place. You're at Vinny's. You're at Vinny's pawn shop. Vinny's pawn shop. We got everything you're looking for. Did you are <laughs> looking for cigars at a pawn shop.
4: <laughs> Did you say pawn shop or porn shop?
2: Both. We got both. We got the pawns in the back. We got the pawns in the front. Porn's in the back.
4: in the front.
0: Did
2: someone say pawn shop? I th- well, yeah. As a matter of fact, I did there. I, I got I got plenty <laughs> of porn in the back. What kind of porn are you looking for? You want to walk on walk elf on elf or gnome on gnome?
0: Now I think I'm in the wrong place.
2: <laughs> oh, I mean, you uh, be quiet there, preacher! You don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. Come and get some porn. <laughs> I
4: was more or less looking for something that you know, like a uh, uh, more hands-on experience, like, uh, maybe. <laughs>
2: We don't uh, offer hand jobs here, but there's a massage <laughs> parlor down the road. You know, if you go, th- if you go three blocks, you turn number over your Ave, you can uh, find a nice little massage parlor.
4: I could take you back. Oh, that to sounds my... great. I'll, I'll still like kind of look around while I'm in here. Um, you know, what is happening? Well, Hulk, you know that my mom's got got girls down there. If you want to come on over to the, uh oh, what did I call it? <laughs> If you want to come on over to the Sultry Demon, we we got some girls. If you want someone,
0: obviously the Demon Lady has contacts in that department.
4: <laughs> my mom, my mama ran a, a brothel slash bar. Of course, I got contacts. Now they don't let me in there anymore. Um, like you know those <laughs> that that awful business with the the rash that broke out, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can show my face that- around there anymore. <laughs>
5: Was that
2: you?
4: Oh, my goodness. I mean, I'm not saying that it was me. It Wait, just are you, you know saying that it I was got, it... I had to take the fall for it. because you, you, know, you in when charge
2: they were... of the... You was responsible for the impetigo breakout of 1914? <laughs> I had a rash on my face for a week.
4: Uh, I'm at a loss for words. Uh, you know... <laughs> Falk, when we were
0: in the canyon, you and I shared water from that flask. Am I gonna catch anything?
4: You're the one who I got it from. I bet. <laughs> you and your dirty ass mouth. Well, get getting your uh, ass on your mouth. That'll definitely cause some kind of rash. <clears throat> I,
5: I don't recommend it.
4: Um, I, it's really not that bad. <laughs> 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 ass ass and mouth don't knock it until you try it okay like,
2: right <laughs> right that's what I'm saying thank you maddie just need that the right kind of
4: you just need the right kind of ass okay <laughs> um and I wouldn't <laughs> recommend any of that no
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh I was. I was looking for some St. John's wort, actually. <laughs> oh, Tom's got a huge St. John's wort on it. What was that bump on his arm? Is I wasn't talking about his arm. Um, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> A baby arm, more like it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you all seem to know each other very well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, uh, we could get to know each other as if you wanted. Oh, really? <laughs> well, you know, I'm just saying, because if you're looking for St. John's Warts, I only got some bane, but if we, you know, marry them together, merge them, and the whole thing... It probably won't help you at all. But you know, you could buy it. Uh. Was it oh really that you said or orally? <laughs> oh <laughs> You're, You gotta listen a little bit closer there, fella. <laughs> <laughs> and scene.
4: Hey. hey. That's that's good. <laughs> that was fun. This is crazy. <laughs> I love it.